Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour, brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. Ed, uh, man, uh, some action, not the greatest action. The biggest news <laughs> this week uh, seems to be uh, potential fights. Um, but before we get into that, how are you doing out there on the East Coast? All right. I mean, it's uh, I got the door open again because it's actually pleasant. So we get a few weeks of pleasant weather before uh, – we get like a week or two of fall, and then winter drops right the fuck in. So, so uh, yeah, I'm doing good, man. I mean, uh, um, like you said about the news, man. I mean, it's a lot of what ifs and who we'd like to see, but it looks like everybody wants to see uh, uh, the Beast Incarnate back in action in MMA. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's the news that that apparently broke the other day is that Brock Lesnar is now a free agent um, after his contract with the WWE expired. Uh, I was uh, I was definitely taken back a little bit by the news because I've always been under the impression and obviously apparently wrong that um, he had his WWE contract, but I always thought always thought he also had like a, a UFC contract. So I do find it I, – I found it strange uh, that, that the UFC contract also expired, but perhaps he doesn't have them simultaneously at the same time, and he just keeps bouncing back and forth. So um, I was definitely surprised by it. I, I didn't think we'd ever see him back in MMA, but, um, I mean, I don't think it's a huge percentage. I, I'd say we're at, like, 20% chance if we're being serious about it. But Yeah. You know, definitely I mean, I, talk. No, but I – um. I feel like I remember seeing or hearing somewhere along the lines that uh, when, because the last time we heard he was coming back was supposed to be against Daniel Cormier. And then one of the things that happened around that time was the ESPN, ESPN plus deal was relatively new and people were, were kicking it around about how the, the paywall and how the pay-per-view structure works. And so one of the things I remember hearing, I don't remember where it was probably just rumor or social media rumor, but that one of the reasons why that never happened was because Brock Lesnar saw that the uh, pay-per-view buys or, or however they would get money off of that would be different in the contract because of the way it happens through ESPN+. Plus. So he was kind of like, well, how the hell do I make money off of you guys now? Because, you know, he can just show up and draw and make a lot of money but if, if, if pay-per-view buys were included. But so, I, I mean, that's the last I heard. Uh, um if he does come back to MMA, I don't know if that's still a thing because uh looks like that's been lucrative now since that, ha- you know, since that initially happened. So uh I don't know. I mean, there's uh talk of him, you know, going back to the UFC or the speculation, him going back to the UFC. Uh, like Scott Coker has pre- uh, expressed interest in a, a him versus uh Fedor fight, which I know you want to chime in on, but um I don't know, man. I mean, uh, I'm with you. I don't. I don't see him really wanting to come back, especially with the options that are out there for him right now. Well, I think there's a few factors at play. I think that he's a natural competitor. I mean, very few people would go do what he did in college and try out for the NFL. Eventually, you get to the UFC and not only get there, but fight some really, really good competition and, and become the champion, defend the belt. Um, 
you know, skill wise, he's he's not the most skilled champion. He's a, he's a big, strong, great wrestler. Um, but I, I I think now you, you know, I, mean, I imagine the itch is there. If your contract ends up and you start hearing talk, and it's not like he's got bums calling him out. He ain't coming in here to build his way up the ladder. If he shows up, regardless of his history of uh, some drug tests and his history of his record in general. Um, you know, maybe not being deserving of a, of a shot, but you got guys like John Jones, you know, Corm, you know, you haven't heard Stipe necessarily call him out, but I, I think that uh, Stipe would certainly jump at that. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if Cormier came out of retirement for the fight, if, if it was offered to him. Um, although he did, did go on, uh, it was Ariel show yesterday or, or I think the, or the day before and basically closed the chapter on his career. Um, I think all that can change. Uh, these guys are super competitive. Oh, yeah. uh, my my thing is that he's 43 years old. Uh, and right now we don't really know, although fans are, are I notice fans are being allowed um, to the drag races in Vegas in October. Um, the drag race world championship. My, my boss goes to that and he's actually bought tickets and they're selling tickets online for that event. So Although it is outdoors, maybe we're getting closer to having fans um, in, in some kind of capacity. We talked about Connor not fighting in front of a crowd. I don't think they, there's any chance in hell Brock signs to fight without mm. a crowd, without a gate. So I, I guess what I'm saying is even if he signed tomorrow with the UFC, went through a couple months of the the mandatory uh, USADA testing, uh, realistically, we could still be a year away from him being able to fight in, in an arena full of fans and, and actually create that buzz and, and money that that's there. So um, I, that's where it seems kind of strange to me uh, and, and might actually hold up it happening. Um, you know, the WWE thing makes the most sense just to stick there. Uh, but I don't know what his it, WWE also seems like they've kind of moved past a little bit, his, him being the champion. And um, I don't watch a ton of the pro wrestling anymore, but it just seems like they've kind of moved to a younger, uh, more athletic, smaller you know, uh, kind of kind of wrestling promotion. Um, well, maybe I don't know. The AEW, which seems to be more like the, uh, it seems to be drawing better. I mean, it has, it's got a good mix of old school and new school. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's an option for him. Um, if they, I mean, because they, they actually made TV Guide's top 100 must-watch TV with everything going on because of the pandemic. You know they've uh, like MMA. They've been moving forward. They've they've held all their events in Jacksonville since the UFC was in Jacksonville. So that's an option for them too. But I mean, um, I don't know, man. I mean, we I mean we might as well play with the idea of devil's advocate. I don't know who you would like to see him. I tweeted at Dana White because I'm sure he watches my tweets. But uh, I tweeted at him um, earlier because uh, I mean, there's all this talk of Brock Lesnar versus John Jones. Which is fine and dandy. I'm sure that'd be a draw. But what about Brock Lesnar versus Francis Ngannou? I mean, I feel like that's actually kind of an even matchup, given Ngannou's, uh, you know, doesn't deal too well with wrestlers, and uh, Brock Lesnar being, a, you know, I mean, I, I guess anyone would be afraid to get punched by <laughs> Ngannou. But you know what I mean? Like he's always been kind of, uh, uh, he's always been thrown off his game against uh, strikers. Uh, which is why the when he fought Mark Hunt was such a big uh, deal because Mark Hunt was a well-known striker. So I don't know. I mean, that was just off the top of my head when when I was thinking about uh, what we were going to record tonight. So I don't know if you had any dream matchups or potential bouts that you'd like to see him in as a heavyweight. Well, okay, so 
the AEW thing makes a lot of sense to me just to start there because that, that seems mm-hmm. like um, a natural progression. I'm not sure what his relationship with WWE is. If they're ready to move on, uh, then that would make a lot of sense. He could go in there and kind of be their franchise and uh, stuff. So I think that's a high possibility. If he stays in the, if he goes to the UFC now, uh, obviously everybody's talking John Jones. I, I fall in kind of your same category here. The Naganu, a Naganu, uh, Lesnar fight is like the freak show world <laughs> circus fight of the next <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, that's the fight that really the makes pride you go, fight. Oh, yeah, it's a pride exactly, level. So, yeah. Exactly. It's a pride level fight. The Jones fight is interesting because uh, we've never seen Jones at heavyweight. Jones doesn't have huge legs, so a double leg in on him could be interesting. We've never seen Jones on the bottom of any kind of ground and pounder on the bottom. Mm-hmm. He's never seen him off his back, really. Um, yeah. I can't recall a moment ever of him on his back. So I, we don't know how he, even though he's this great all time martial artist, we don't know exactly how he reacts. Everything, all these scenarios create different kind of reactions out of fighters as far as how they get out. Does he have the jujitsu to shrimp out or hold guard against a Lesnar? Does he, you know, if he starts tasting his own blood in a, in a, you know, Lesnar hits him with an elbow and, rips his skull open do we you know what i mean there's a lot of options there so that makes it interesting but the ninganu fight the cormier fight although cormier like i said said he retired that's also kind of a fight that i find interesting just because it's two older dudes mm. um kind of got the pro wrestling spin on it um but but the ninganu fight is the circus that's the fight where it's like like you said it's the pride fight it's either either lesnar gets knocked out real quick or he puts a beating on ninganu um on the ground for God knows how many minutes. Um, so that, that's the one uh, that I would like in the UFC. Now let's say he goes to Bellator. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think the, the Emelianenko fight is the, is obviously the fight that would likely be made. Um, but I, I, I flirted with this idea. We're kind of, you know, Bellator obviously kind of has the reputation of having some of the old dudes and they have a pretty good stable of old, old dude heavyweights. Um, what do you think about like an eight man Grand Prix with Fedor, Brock, Mark Hunt, Verdun, Barnett, Karatanov, maybe Arlovsky and Olianek if they end up getting released from the UFC? All those guys are over the age of 40. You really could do like an over 40. I mean, you could throw Roy, Roy Nelson in there too, although he's he's not been successful lately. But if you just wanted to kind of have like a, you know, you could do, you could do Arlovsky or uh, you could do Mitrione, Roy Nelson too as an alternate fight for that tournament, you well, know? Yeah, Roy Nelson actually said he he wants that as his last fight, another one against Mitrion. Um I mean, I guess that's good as long as they don't do it in Mohegan Sun cuz I mean, they keep throwing throwing poor for Roy. Poor for Roy. Roy. But, yeah, but yeah. I, I'm just saying like there's a potential even if you just did a four man tournament, you you know that if if I, in theory they signed Lesnar, you'd have no, Lesnar not yeah. for nothing. I'm impressed with how you came up with that tournament just off the top of your head. We didn't even talk about it before. Yeah, started. no, I mean they've, they've that's got a nice, that's a nice little. Uh, it's a nice little card too, and yeah. and, and, and you you'd feel got you got to figure guys like Olianek and 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 Arlovsky are, are definitely on their last run in the UFC. Um, Olianek's been a little more successful, but he is coming off now a loss, and and he, he's they've kind of peaked out so you you potentially could throw together a hell of a tournament even if you just had who they have under contract right now and did a barnett uh verdun uh, on one side of the bracket let's say and then on the other side of the bracket you did fedor versus brock i mean you talk about a four man and and i'm not saying this is for the bellator heavyweight championship i'm not i'm not trying to sell these guys as better than minikoff or 
maybe even Sergey Karatanov or or Ryan Bader, maybe for that that matter at heavyweight. Uh, but I just think for the nostalgia and you want to talk a moneymaker. I mean, what about Couture? I mean, I know that sounds crazy. He's fifty something probably now. No, but, yeah, he had that heart uh, thing. Oh, uh, uh, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah. so, 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 so he he falls out of it, but you do you. But, there but, is uh, that. What about what about? Uh, I mean, I know he's there. He's getting the the push over. Uh, I think at WWE now, but I mean, I know folks had always toyed around with Bobby Lashley versus Brock, and you know, Lashley's fought had a pretty good career at Bellator too. I was kind of like. I was kind of like what the WTF when uh, when he stopped fighting there because uh, I mean um, I thought he was a pretty I thought he was a pretty decent heavyweight not just a fighter but a, good, a decent heavyweight there and would have been good for the promotion but maybe he was too expensive I don't know yeah I think he just I, he probably makes good money doing pro wrestling I don't know and he was he was good at MMA but he was a little stiff I, I think there was a time I think his reckoning day was coming I think somebody was gonna put his lights out eventually if he kept working his way up the ladder and, and got into some of these heavy strikers. But, you know, the odds came out on a lot of these fights, you know, the, if they were to happen, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, basically they had Brock basically is the same odds as Cormier uh, when he fought Jones at UFC 214. Uh, they're both basically like plus 280, give or take a little bit uh, underdogs. Uh, so I thought that was, a, that was a little shocking. They had Brock as a slight favorite over Fedor, but basically an even money fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Fader was the underdog at like plus 105. So essentially even money. And I think Brock was minus 130. Very little, very little on the favorite thing. So they basically call that fight a coin flip. I mean, it's a fun fight. Um, I, I, I don't, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I it sounds crazy that we're talking about it because it's probably not going to happen. And, and you, it never is Brock, know. you know, and, <laughs> but I, I, I see people like trying to criticize others for being excited about the potential and I, I just I, I shake my head a little bit because we both come from an an older school era where it's like and, and we and when we first started doing this show I think one of the very first things you you told me is like we're not going to take this shit too seriously we're talking about dudes getting their <laughs> yeah. and fighting you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and you said that at least once or twice to me you know off camera and I, and it's the same same thing for me MMA has always been fun. It's always been kind of finding out who's the best fighter against so-and-so. And and I don't care if a guy's 50. I don't care if a guy's 40. If they're capable and they're healthy enough to fight and they get And they want to do it, yeah. And they want to do it, then shit, bring it on. I I, I mean, you know, I, I just wish we had crowds because if we had crowds, so much of this could be potential. I mean, but we'd that, be talking. And, and I think that that would be such a more of a, a factor in helping something happen. If they knew they could get a, a sellout in the arena or – or someplace, then obviously, you know, you'd have people throwing money at Lesnar. Come here, come here, come here. I mean, we don't even know because Lesnar doesn't do a lot of media. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. You know, he he he, he probably maybe he just wants to sit at home and be on his ranch and you know you know work out in that barn or whatever the hell he used to train in for that he had built for MMA. But you know what I mean? Like, I mean, who says that he even wants to continue to 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 do anything? Maybe he's getting tired. You know, I mean, forties is is. Especially for for any type of combat sport, it's it's old, you know. Yeah, no, I mean it's getting up there, but he doesn't have a lot of mileage on him for fighting either. I mean, you're talking about a guy who doesn't have he doesn't have sixty fights. He's not he's not the Overeem, you know. So you don't know what I mean. He had the Derrick Derrick Der. I don't even know how to say it. The the the, 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 the titus or what? Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, he had the stomach disease. Um, so that obviously took some time and, and wear on his body. But let me throw this out there. And this might be, this is like 
Hail Mary crazy talk. Uh, we, we've heard Tyson Fury be interested in MMA. You could, what if you, you know, is there some, is it DAZN that owns Tyson Fury? Who owns his rights? Is somebody came, if somebody came up with $10 million guaranteed for Brock to fight Tyson Fury on, on, I mean, in the world we live in right now, it just seems like anything like that is possible. (laughs) And, you know, or, or, you know, so I don't know. I I mean, we, now that we think about it, I mean, how fun would that be? You know, could you imagine some chaotic scene with, you know, but again, it all it all revolves around fans in the crowd for me because that's where yeah. the excitement like builds. Because we would be talking right now, like you know, they'd be, you'd start hearing rumors. Oh well, is he going to show up in in a couple weeks at the Bellator? If it was a Mohegan had fifteen thousand in the crowd, and and you know that's kind of how you sneak guys in. You do these announcements, and somebody comes walking down the the ramp and stuff. But um, and that goes for 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 most of these promotions, where you get some kind of big in arena announcement. I just I just don't feel like it's the same. So. It'll be interesting. There's a lot going on in boxing that that I mean, our Tyson Fury already. I mean, he's he's with top ranked PBC, I believe. But um, uh, they the zone Eddie Hearn, who's a the zone promoter, said that that they that he's already kind of got the Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury lined up for for next year. So I doubt uh, some exhibition with Brock Lesnar would. Uh, I mean, you know, if Money it makes talks. dollars, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's like if you, you know, every time we talk about stuff like this and, and how it couldn't happen, I always think back to um, Dana White when he was doing, when he had to do the media rounds for Mayweather McGregor after for years saying it wasn't going to happen. Uh, one of the things he said, uh, I think it was on The Tonight Show with Kimmel or one of those people, he was like, well, it's it's too lucrative now for it not to happen. And that's that's like the most honest thing to say when stuff for something like this, I mean, People didn't care that McGregor, that was McGregor's first boxing match, you know, his first pro boxing match. They just wanted to see it and, and look at all the money it made. And, and people still talk about it. Every freaking, uh, that, was, that was 2017, you'll still see uh, the, the tweets go out. You know, it's been a year, two years since this happened. And we see the pro poster. And, and there's even talk about them doing it again. So, yeah. no, I mean, and that, I guess that's a perfect example of anything's possible. And, and I, like I said, it's a hail Mary. It was just something that popped into my head while we were just talking about it. But, you know, Fury has talked about coming in It, it, all, yeah, it, he, it in the UFC game. I downloaded him and, and he won. <laughs> well, and then, you know, you uh-huh. mentioned Dana, you mentioned Dana White and we, we both know Dana White's pretty vindictive and uh, doesn't like to be shown up very, very at all. Um, that's where I, I have a hard time believing Brock ends up in Bellator because if, if Bellator were to make, although it's 10 years too late, if they were to make Fedor versus Brock and let's say it turned into something like a a really good fight or something where it was promoted. And I mean, you know how, if you're ESPN and stuff, how do you ignore that? I mean, I guess they do because they ignore Bellator, but for the most, I mean, it would seem like it wouldn't be as easy to do if it was Brock. So in my opinion, I think it's either, he, he stays in pro wrestling or the UFC gives them a giant chunk of money. Cause I think they would basically pay, overpay him threefold to make sure that he doesn't um, end up in Bellator. Uh, I, you know, one of these days, one of these big signings, all that's to just create enough buzz and you get a huge fight down and, and all of a sudden you've just created a huge group of fans that maybe didn't watch Bellator before you get the pro wrestling fans. You get a bunch of the, the Brock fans. Well, yeah. That's the whole thing with these cross promotion with even with 
Mayweather McGregor, Brock Brock versus anyway, CM Punk when they brought him in. You know, it's this other fan base you're tapping into, then you're bringing in more eyeballs. So that's that's one of the reasons. The other thing, I mean, I don't uh, I don't think that um, I I think the only reason UFC is more likely than Bellator is, is not not for anything negative against Bellator. It's just obviously Brock has a history with dealing with Dana White in the UFC. Um, you know, so so that it's just easier for them to have conversations to make things happen. Only thing I, I mean, uh, you worry about well, obviously the pandemic hit everybody financially in one way or or another, and I, I know, um, uh, you know, so deciding where they spend money, I'm talking about the UFC, is uh, is going to be an issue if if Brock Lesnar wants a lot. I mean, you look at earlier when when John Jones was complaining about not getting paid his worth and all these other fighters. And then now they're they're building that uh, a UFC hotel near the apex to to house fighters, which logistically makes sense because you don't know how long this situation is going to be. So if you just make your bubble safer by having a fighter hotel for them to stay in, I think that's that's a good investment. But you know, with you know, they're signing all these new fighters to where right now one of the reasons why we haven't had that many people chime in on Tuesday nights is because Contender Series is on right now, yeah. and um. Uh, you know, the tonight there's going to be another X amount of contracts, uh, you know, signed for with new fighters. And then, uh, we saw not too long ago that there's certain fighters that if they weren't ranked like in the top 15, top 20, they got let go, like Beth, Beth Correa, and I forget a couple of other names got let go from the UFC because they have to make they have to use their money for these newer guys, and it's it's cheaper for them to sign these newer guys and build them. Let them build their worth in, in 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 the UFC and build a name and bring in fans and stuff. So um, who knows if if they want to spend Brock Lesnar money? You know what I mean? Well, you you bring up the hotel and all that stuff, and that's another point with Lesnar. He doesn't seem like the kind of dude who's just going to go into a, a quarantine to fight. He, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's always kind of been like you know the yeah the, yeah you know yeah. and maybe behind the scenes that's not how he is, but publicly it seems like he's kind of not somebody to necessarily roll with the punches and, and go hang out in a hotel for, for 14 days before his fight and, and all this other stuff that, that yeah, maybe not 14 days, but whatever they do with all their drug testing. I just don't see Brock falling for that in a situation, especially where he doesn't have a crowd. Uh, I mean, he's a pro wrestler. He, that's, that's what they, that's what they do. Pro wrestlers. Main, <laughs> I mean, a pro wrestler's main thing is getting the crowd over on, you know, getting the crowd to, to getting over on the crowd. So, yeah. um, it's not necessarily how good you are as pro wrestler. It's how good you convince the crowd you're good. You know, you are. So there's that. Um, God, there was, there was another Bellator thing. Oh, Bellator. Now we talk about money. And again, we, we get back to a, a Melian Anko fight. We're, t- we're talking about them transferring to CBS Sports Network right now, uh, coming up after September 12th. Yeah. If you, if you wanted to send shockwaves through the MMA world and have your first event on CBS, Brock Lesnar versus uh, Fedor yeah, yeah. does does a lot of views on CBS. I mean, keep in mind, you know, like uh, Fedor versus uh, Rogers did like four and a half million. You know, that number, that's a number that's like three times, four times almost what the average UFC card gets. That's a now. while ago, yeah. You know, it's a while ago, but that but just the numbers shows are significant, yeah. If you do it right on a on a network channel, especially now with no sports coming on, um, or very little, you know, you got sports, but you don't yeah. have the, it's just not the same. I mean, 
And maybe maybe you put it up. Maybe you go, hey, Super Bowl weekend, the night before the Super Bowl. Since the UFC doesn't do doesn't do their Super Bowl weekend cards anymore, you do the night before the Super Bowl in whatever city their the Super Bowl is scheduled for next year. It might be in LA in their new stadium, which would be a perfect situation. You have you have Brock and and Fedor at Staples Center for Bellator on CBS the night before the Super Bowl. And hell, if if CBS is carrying the Super Bowl, then all of a sudden, which they might be, I'm not real sure. Then all of a sudden, you, you've got there's a, some potential. So I mean, obviously, that's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts, yeah, and, yeah. and everything else. But if you were gonna make a splash, that's how I would do it. Yeah, I mean, I would like Bellator. I mean, I know CBS Sports are trying to build it or whatever, but I mean, it, I think it would be cool if they just put it on Bellator events on CBS. I mean, look at how, who doesn't have CBS like. Even if you have a freaking antenna out the window, you get channel two, but channel two by me. But you know what I mean? It's like, come on, like, why, why are you always trying to get us to do so? I, like, I actually am complaining because I don't have CBS Sports. So, well, I'm yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't either. So there'll have to be a workaround for that. But the, um, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, we talked when we, when we talked to Cutman Matt last week. He he seemed to. I hope he said this on air, but it was uh, it, that they were leaning towards. <laughs> well, we, you know, we talk uh, outside, but I believe it yeah. was that, where, where he talked about that they're talking about possibly trans moving Bellator to Thursday nights again or or a weeknight. Um, so that that really doesn't work with CBS per se because your weekly yeah, shows are are yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but I like I mean I and I'm not saying every like I don't think you mean necessarily every show on CBS, although that would be sweet you know we don't need necessarily ben dayhouse versus sergio pettis headlining on on cbs but if if you if every three months if four times a year you get that mega event you know you get the chris cyborg fight you get the fedor fight you get the bader you know uh minikoff you get you know all of a sudden you have your mega fights uh you know four times a year on cbs i think that's the ideal thing and i mean it's, it's similar to what the ufc was doing with fox it just seems like that that never that relationship just never really kicked off and I, I think it was actually the lack of great fights that they put i mean they had the the uh the kane dos santos uh one fight was kicked off fox and then it seemed like it kind of went downhill from there and i mean the the only other title fights i recall on fox were ever demetrius johnson fights yeah um, and, and there may have been some other ones so but i i don't recall anything huge so i don't know it's interesting though uh again we're talking about something that probably won't happen but uh, yeah. in, in the world where you and, don't and, know what's yeah. going to happen, then, you know, why not chat about it? Well, I mean, speaking of things that might happen, uh, the other kind of big chatter news of today was the uh, uh, Masvidal Diaz 2 uh, kind of happening maybe in January or December or whatever it was. Um, I mean, and I'm seeing, I don't know about you. Well, I guess I do now, but I I, I don't, uh, I see mixed reactions to it. And I'm, I mean, if they're trying to do a BMF title rematch, I think you you they shot their shot uh, out here last uh, November, and um you know I don't know if it's uh I don't know if it's gonna do the numbers they wanted to do, but you know the UFC marketing machine is can pull off wonders, but you never know. Yeah, so the rumor right now is sometime probably in January, which is still a ways off, and and would mean that Diaz again hasn't fought doesn't fights once every year and a half basically i i i it doesn't do anything for me there's other fights out there that i would i, I yeah, like, like one of the people one of the comments i keep seeing popping up is like how about leon edwards and 
Masvidal. There's a rivalry there. There's history. Like that. Like maybe that needs to happen more. And I kind of lean on that side a little bit. But I mean, I I do like it when Diaz fights and stuff. I always like the build up. Uh, I mean, sometimes some of these fighters and the matchups are more about the build up than the actual fights. Um, I just like, feel like it was so yeah. one sided the first fight, and it wasn't like it was. I just I didn't. It didn't seem like Diaz had anything for him, and. And maybe it changes in the second fight, but it's not the fight I want to see. The fight I want to see with Masvidal is against Conor McGregor. That's the fight mm-hmm. that we need. <laughs> I, f- I feel like that's the fight we need to have. And and although Masvidal might be big for McGregor, it's just the fight. It's it's the yeah. fight we need to have. It's the fight that would bring excitement to me. I don't get super excited about a lot of these kind of you know, there's so many fights now. It, you, it takes something to kind of get get a spark going with me, and that what that's Bruce, one. Bruce that, and bets looks like they agree with you. I think a lot of people agree with you. Yeah. I, mean, I know I, I damn sure will do. <laughs> you know, and then and then for Diaz, you know, I'd have to I'd have to think about it a little more. Um, you know, what are we? We're fighting Diaz at. You know, I, I know he had a terrible performance this last weekend, but what about like Diaz, Robbie Lawler? You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe does Diaz put enough pressure on Lawler to force him to have to throw his hands um, and not have to worry about any kind of takedown or grappling? Uh, um, I, I, maybe Diaz Wonder Boy. I mean, I just, I just feel like there's some other like potential mm. fun fights out there that maybe don't have the street cred that you would get out of a Masvidal Diaz fight. But um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on McGregor Masvidal uh, Diaz. Like I said, Wonder Boy. Yeah, Even I mean, he, you know, I, I don't know. I think McGregor's I far removed from MMA, though. I mean, every time they bring up, you know, they bring up his name almost at every single press post-fight press conference. And Dana White keeps saying, as soon as they mention his name, he's like, Conor McGregor's retired. And uh, but- because because uh, only because uh, he said something, he said something uh, when he was on Sports Center not so long ago. He said, um, he's like, Conor McGregor's retired because if he's not retired, I have to I have to give him three fights a year or I have to pay him. So he says he's retired, he's retired. So I I, I feel like uh whatever McGregor's doing, it's not gonna be MMA, it's probably gonna be that Pacquiao thing or something or Well, but a lot of that's talk too, because I mean he's gotta say that. I we've said it since day one of this pandemic. McGregor's not gonna fight in an empty arena. Hmm. I just don't believe it. I mean, the biggest fight we've really seen in an empty arena was the Cormier uh, Stipe fight, and that still doesn't put anything on a level of what McGregor brings in financially with a gate. I, I mean, he holds the top what two, three, four gates of all time. I mean, you're talking twenty million dollars in gate money, um, and 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 the way that a lot of these other guys get paid that that covers your that covers your your damn roster for like three years yeah. you know so i i just don't see them throwing away that money and if mcgregor fights with no crowd and somebody boat races his ass and smashes his ass into the canvas he, <laughs> that money's gone you know or a big chunk of it is gone i mean he survived the khabib thing fans still you know talk about him even though he got his ass whooped and then he did the 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 farce with cowboy but uh, there's another one. Why not Cowboy versus Diaz? Didn't they? They already fought one time. Uh, I know uh, Diaz whooped his ass, but you know there's another one that could potentially be a rematch fight. I just don't want to. I don't. I don't get anything out of Diaz jumping up past all these guys and fighting a guy right now who's really hot and Masvidal. Although coming off of a, a loss to Usman, I just to me 
to me, the McGregor's the fight to make, but it can't happen. It, there's no crowds. I mean, that's a fight mm-hmm. essentially you could have done like in a stadium in in uh, in Ireland. And I don't know what their situation with COVID is. I know some I, other. I think that maybe. I mean, because it seemed like from the from what the what, what was uh, the TMZ uh, the TMZ announcement about the Masvidal uh, DS two and then. And then Brett Akimoto and, and Helwani kind of like did, put their two cents in and reached out. And it looked like that that's when they talked about moving it to January or whatever. But this is one thing about Masvidal, you know, without crowds, he proved to be a big business for, you know, subscribership, the ESPN plus and the pay-per-views. So if, if, if that can happen in that sense, maybe his name with Diaz again can drum up enough money. Cause they've both, they're both adamant about, you know, we'll fight. You pay us, we'll fight for whatever if the money's right. So I, I think it makes money. I, I mean, Diaz has a loyal fan base. Um, Masvidal's grown a fan base, and it, it would be a fight that would still be hyped, and they would it, they would continue storyline acting like the first fight didn't have a conclusive ending. And given it, it really didn't. But anybody who watches the fights knows how, how that one was likely to to, to wind down. Um, so I have no doubt that they can make money. I just as a fan, I don't, it's just not the fight that gets me going. I mean, when I saw it today, I was like, Oh, this is okay. So if, if I miss it, if, if God, if, if I got a family wedding to go to, it's not going to be like when I'm going to lose sleep over missing. Um, I feel like we saw it. Um, whereas, like I said, I, and I, and you know me, I'm not the biggest McGregor fan by any means, but that's just the fight that, that does it for me. And it seems like that's the fight that a lot of the fans. Oh, want. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it, it just, you know, and, and I feel like we've gone through this through the history of MMA where we see guys uh, when they're when they're at like their peak. You know, we, we saw it when the UFC brought in Krokop and then they, they gave him Eddie Sanchez and Czech Congo. And, and then they finally or they, they gave him Sanchez and then they OK, well, you know, even though Couture is scheduled to fight around this time, we're going to give him Gonzaga, you know, to, and, and we saw how that unfolded. And it just seems like so much stuff falls apart. Um it seems like the, the everything's aligning now. If that's the fight you wanted to do, I mean, hell, I don't care. Make it like a make it make it an MMA fight and have, let them box a fight. I mean, I get get creative, <laughs> but but both those dudes. The, I mean, the press conferences alone would be freaking epic. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, and, you know, and we also and then we got we got Covington and Woodley coming up in a couple weeks. You know, Masvidal Woodley's uh, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, assuming Covington wins, which I think he will. Um, Covington, if we're going to go all the way to January, then why not wait and see how that one unfolds? And I mean, Covington and Masvidal have their issues too, and that's more. But I keep skipping over Leon Edwards just because it seems like everybody does, I guess. But um, <laughs> it, it's just not the name. It's just not the name value. Although it, a great fight, um, you know, I'm all. I'm just. I'm all about the Masvidal McGregor idea. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. But I, don't, I just, I, I've, I'm. When I, I, you know, so, uh, maybe I just read people really well, but like when I when I see Dana White's ex- initial like micro expressions every time they mention his name at at, at the press conference, it's it's like annoying at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, the year's almost over. This dude's not fighting. Stop, like, for, for, just forget about it. But you always get some bird in the media that's like, well, what about Conor McGregor and Dana White's like he cuts them off or he he re, he responds rather quickly. And he's just like, Conor McGregor's retired. And it's like, he's like, he's, he, it's almost like he wants to grab the person to say, haven't you heard? So I, I want to see it too. I'm not, you know, but I don't no, think I mean, we, 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 we see it all the time. The, the other media members out there who 
will ask, you know, hell, they'll ask John Jones if he's willing to cut to fight McGregor. I mean, <laughs> guys, these guys, it's it's McGregor, especially the international media, and it's what they know. I mean, I don't. It's clear. It's clear that they're not historians yeah. on the sport. When who was it? Darren Till was that the one that was kind of funny where they were like, "What are you ducking, McGregor?" Basically, and Till's like, "I'm forty pounds heavier than the dude. What do you? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, what, what, yeah. what do you mean? Am I ducking him? I'm not going to go for the. It was. It was like if you win the one seventy or one eighty five belt, are you going to go down and fight him at one fifty five? Yeah. Like, you know, so yeah. it's that kind of thing. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, like you said, uh, so Usman. Burns also is the world title fight that got uh, an, essentially announced today. Uh, UFC 256. Yeah, it's in that same TMZ piece, but for somehow the Masvidal Diaz thing seems to make more news than Usman Burns. I mean, Boy. shout out to Gilbert Burns. I want to see. I want to see that fight a lot. Yeah, no, I mean it's a it's a fight that makes sense. It's a uh, it's a hardcore fan fight as far as legitimate contender against the world champion, but it certainly is not going to carry any kind of huge buzz. Um, as much as, as some of those guys can be fun to watch, it's not going to be one that, you know, is going to have that, that train of, uh, you know, the hype train behind it. I don't think you're going to see a ton of ESPN pieces on, on Gilbert Burns and Usman. You know, I mean, it's just, just the reality, which is, which is in a sense is sad because, you actually have a champion versus a legit like number one contender, which yeah, you yeah. always get a competitive fight. The guys that are familiar with each other already. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of what ifs in that match. And, um, you know, <clears throat> I think, uh, especially like you said about Burns being a number one contender, um, you know, he's, uh, he's evolved so much as a mixed martial artist from, I mean, and he's still a jujitsu guy cause he still competes and stuff. But uh, up until, you know, now, obviously, being a number one contender, he's probably just focused on MMA. But, um, yeah, man, that, I mean, I think, like, that's that's a fight for the hardcores. You know what I mean? Like, that's a fight for the, the guys that, that that never miss an MMA event and, and, you know, that watch the entire sport, not just the UFC. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it sucks that it's not as popular as it should be. Kind of Kind of dirty that TMZ put those two little snippets together in the same piece, but. What are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly, and and uh, you know the uh, TMZ. You know, the, what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But well, you mentioned Burns, and Burns always pops into my mind because of his grappling, and, and we didn't talk about necessarily going over this, but uh, I saw photos and um, some small little clips from this past weekend's Submission Underground. Did, did you catch? Um, did you catch that at all? Yeah, watch the whole thing. So tell me what <laughs> happened. Uh, I mean, the best you can. Uh, Craig Jones, who we've talked about. Uh, for the last year being mm-hmm. basically the top food chain um, kind of followed Gordon Ryan, as far as the lineal pound for pound badass dude in the submission combat, not combat, but you know, uh, submission only um, world of, of jujitsu and, and grappling. Um, he lost, right? So um, he, he had a controversial loss to the same guy on the previous show, uh, correct? Yeah. kind of a, a weird stoppage or the referee, it was just a weird situation. And now, and then he had rematched him and, and in overtime he got uh kind of neck cranked or he what was, so did he tap he's, out? He's tapped just There was no, no controversy. No controversy this time. Time. Yeah. What do it you was, know? It was a, it was a, a so the, he had the body triangle super tight. Mason Fowler's got pretty thick legs. He had the body triangle super tight. It was in overtime and um, he secured, uh, he secured the, the choking position, but it was it was Craig Jones's head and arm, 
but the the position was just kind of it was a crank but it's one of those things it's like you 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 have to tap or you're going to lose teeth or have vertebrae broken in your neck and um i mean all he did was in from the body triangle position pull the top part of greg jones's body into him while thrusting the other outward from the body triangle so it looked like a lot of pressure on the spine and everything and everything yeah it's a super there's there's not a lot of people if if you don't tap to that there's going to be blood and teeth on the mat like it's going to be one of those submissions that you know even if he didn't tap and they moved on to the next because it's positional the overtime they use the ebi rules um they would have stopped it because of whatever came out of someone's craig jones mouth most likely because of the the discomfort and the pressure from that position it's uh it was legit. Craig Jones didn't argue it this time. There was no argument. The first time, it was almost the same thing, but Jones, uh, Jones, in trying to escape, he was making noise, like grunting or, or yelling or whatever. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that, like, when you're, you know, you don't normally hear it when folks are grappling. Uh, it can be distracting when you hear it in practice. But, uh, I mean, uh, in, in the rules for submission underground, they, that if you do make a noise from discomfort, it's considered a verbal tap, and that's that's where the controversy because Craig Jones was making noise, just trying to fight off the position the way you would make a noise, like if you you know if you're fighting off a bee or something, you'd be like ah oh, guy, you know, like yeah, yeah. So, so he was trying, he was doing all that, but I mean, uh, you know, so there's controversy over that, which is why they did the immediate rematch. I mean, he he uh, he gave Fowler Mason Fowler all the props at the end. He shook his hand and said fair and square. You got it. I mean, it's 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 rough. I mean, jujitsu enthusiasts would say stuff like that is dirty, but when it comes to competition, you know, like a lot of guys will, you know, you 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 train to hurt opponents, not your training partners. So it's kind of one. It's one of those things where it's kind of like you got to give. uh, Craig Jones did the right thing by there's no when you're coming up like white blue belt. Sometimes you have to you have to tell people there's no shame in tapping. And whether when you go through all those other ranks, there is no shame in tapping. I mean, Craig Jones likely wanted to keep his teeth and his vertebrae and stuff intact, so it was it was fair and square. But I mean, yeah, that's it. I know. I think they were talking about trying to get Gordon Ryan to to face Mason Fowler or something like that. But I know Gordon Ryan has expressed disinterest in the in the way that uh, Submission Underground was run the last time he was there. So I don't know. The chair will throw him some money, make him forget all that. Yeah, I mean, I, my, I guess my my biggest beef is I think their matches are too short. I would like to see you know eight ten minute fight matches as opposed to the five minutes uh, just seems really really short. Maybe I mean I love the pacing, I love the time. I, submission on the ground is actually my favorite submission grappling event to watch, and it's probably because they're usually over early enough on a Sunday night where I don't have to be up till like one o'clock in the morning for you know for Polaris or the EBIs or things like that, you know. So, maybe maybe uh, just the main events. It just seems like you know, yeah. it, it's uh, if you're going to have the top level guys in in grappling, because it seems like almost every match goes to overtime, and and it might be that's might be an over exaggeration on my part, but a, a huge chunk of them seem to go to overtime. Maybe, well, really maybe good. I mean, the very there there's a lot of really good grapplers, so that's mm-hmm. kind of what's going to happen when you when you have a lot of evenly matched guys. Um, the one thing I do miss that they haven't done is the tag team grappling. Those are just fun to watch. So now this Mason Fowler guy is, did he win the, was, didn't they, they had like a, a tournament, right? To, uh, there was like a tournament to fight. The winner of the tournament got to f- match up against Craig Jones. Did he yeah. win that tournament? Is that how he got 
the first opportunity or was he I think that was yeah they did I I believe so and I think they did that one on the it was the Father's Day weekend so I missed that because I think it was on Father's Day so I missed but that I, I, one Yeah so I think that, that that's what they did though right they had basically like a four or an eight man Grand yeah. Pete, quote unquote, the winner of that was the Craig Jones match. He got it, won by controversy. Then they gave him a rematch. So, really cool story. Then, if that if that's how it's unfolded, because I mean, he developed kind of a, you know, it's kind of the old school UFC tournament thing where you you kind of create a superstar by by building up a guy, giving him an opportunity. And um, I mean, obviously, you know him as, as, better than I do uh, as a much casual grappling fan. Um, that he, he's really good at what he does, and obviously he's proven it by beating Craig Jones. But um, you know what's funny is, is Mason Fowler had a custom gi made by Tatami, and I, I feel like it, he wasn't like that. He wasn't that popular when the gi came out. But uh, I bet you uh, there goes Nolan flexing his his biceps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I bet you. Um, Krispy Kreme curls. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, I bet you folks went and looking for that gi now. You know what I mean? Because um, like when I remember seeing the Mason Fowler gi on, on the Tommy's website, and I was like, I don't know that much about him. This was years ago. I think I was a purple belt. I was like, I don't know that much about him. I'm not going to go buy him. It was a nice looking gi, but I was like, I don't want that. You know, <laughs> like, like I don't know who that is, but now people know who he is now. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a cool story. Uh, it'll get me interested. I'll, I'll definitely now when I see his name, uh, you know, I'll be one of the guys who tunes in to watch him now because, uh, like you said, it just kind of creates a little bit of buzz and uh, and it creates another name. So I think it's cool. Um, but that was on Sunday night. Uh, we, there was a UFC card on Saturday. I know you missed most of it because it was uh, it was on the. I uh, saw Ant- all the ones on ESPN Red. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was on Anti Ed ESPN Plus. Uh, was and amazing. those were really good fights, by the way. The ones, the prelims, actually, two of those submissions were performance of the nice bonus. The Mallory Martin win and the, the Sean Brady uh, one-armed guillotine that I wrote an article about this morning. Both those. Uh, now, you bring up the Mallory Martin fight. I mean, my God, I that's got to go in the annals as, as one of the top five to, i mean i mean it's hard to break it down but <laughs> yeah. let's say let's say it's one of the best comebacks i've ever seen in mma history i mean that yeah. was she was getting straight cyphers was was laying down an ass whooping i mean there was several times where i thought the referee was going to step in in the first round and stop it um obviously when you're talking 115 pound women you don't necessarily have that like crumbling punching power. So it was going to take a combination and she was able to survive, but uh, easily goes down in the history books. Um, in the second round, she, she still kind of fought some stuff off, got a takedown, got the submission win. Um, I can't yeah. remember. I mean, that's Darren Elkins, you know, uh, level yeah. comeback kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I don't think she got the performance bonus so much because of the submission she secured. I think it was because of the way she came back after almost pretty much losing the fight. And, uh, I mean, she let, she let out that guttural battle cry afterward that if I was a referee, I would have, I would have, I would have been like, Oh my goodness. And what? And, and, and like shied away from it. If I heard that noise come out of one of the women, but, uh, yeah, yeah man, it was a great win for her. She, that was, uh, I, I wonder, cause you know, she, she was away for a while. She had to have like knee surgery or something was up. That's why, her knee was wrapped during the fight, and I actually talked about it. If, if uh, for folks watching, I I do a, a news of the week recap thing with uh, for MMAnews.com called Sunday Submission, and when I talked about that, I mean she had her knee wrapped up, and 
So I'm wondering if the reason why she didn't fight the way we've seen her fight before was because the cobwebs were were, were, were are still kind of wearing off, and it kind of it took those uh it took those hits from Cyphers to kind of wake her up, and she came back the Mallory Martin that we we know with the uh, you know how she comes vicious at most of her opponents, and we saw that uh, we saw that on Saturday. So yeah, well deserved bonus for her. Yeah, I mean it kicked the night off too. Night started off with four straight submission finishes, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is uh I think it was one off the record. Um, I saw it posted. I can't recall what the record was, but I believe it was five. I just can't remember the event. So um, not to go down the whole card, uh, but the top two fights of the evening, uh, Alexander Rakic uh, just manhandles Anthony Smith, uh, leg kicks that were just devastating. Uh, wore Smith down, uh, picked up a unanimous three-round decision in a rare three-round main event these days. Uh, Smith talking about moving down to middleweight, back to middleweight. Uh, where he spent the vast majority of his career. I think that that's a necessity at this point. I, I think that a lot of the reality will kick in. I mean, he made his run. He got a world championship opportunity, but um, not to take too much away from him, but he did make his run basically beating guys like uh, Rashad and, and Shogun. So guys that he could hang with and weren't going to lay on him. You know, Rashad in theory would try to get him down, but um, not not so much in, in twenty. 17 16 whenever the heck that fight went down mm-hmm. um co-main event was probably the disappointment of the evening although neil magny looked great and continues adding another win to his uh total which is approaching uh which is going to start approaching some uh historic levels here fairly soon um he looked great robbie lawler looked terrible uh lawler not looked great in his last few fights um not sure if the fire's gone or what exactly it is but uh I don't. I don't think the Ben Askren one counts, <laughs> but the, the law, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was that was a crazy scrap. I mean, you can call it a loss. I just, uh, you know, this fight. He 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 has a situation where he seems to some fights he just doesn't let it go. I mean, uh, the Covington fight was was wasn't great. The the Dos Anjos fight wasn't great. I mean, we're talking he's on a four fight losing streak at mm. this point. Um, with his last win being against Cowboy Cerrone. Um, at UFC 214, and that was a real question. I mean, I thought he won, but it was a real, real close fight. A lot of people were leaning towards Cowboy, um, and prior to that, was that was coming off of his loss. I mean, since his knockout loss as world champion, he's one in four. I'm sorry, yeah, he's one in four. So, um, you know, it, it's obviously winding down for Robbie, a warrior who's, you know, bled in that cage and gave us fighting since he was like 19. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the true great entertaining fighters and violent fighters. And I mean, everything that a, a just bleed maniac like me would, uh, would love. So, but, uh, I, I just, it, it hurts not seeing seeing him afraid to throw or not afraid to throw. I, I don't, I don't want to instigate, you know, not a fear, but just a, a lack of, you know, that killer killer that, that, but I think it needs to be brought out of him and, and fighting these wrestlers. I mean, you know, we, he, fighting Askren and Covington. I mean, you're talking about guys who are, who are basically trying to grab you. Uh, Magny, same way. So it's three fights mm-hmm. in a row. Um, that's why I mentioned the Diaz fight is probably something that will never happen. But, you know, the more I think about it, if the way Diaz brings the fight to his opponents, it would really leave Robbie Lawler. Plus, you have the history of of uh, of Nick knocking out Robbie in, in you know, in, in uh, I think it was the second UFC fight um, back at what UFC 30, 37, I believe. Um, there's a lot of 
you know, there's some potential there. So I don't know. Some fun won't happen, but that's just that it is. This weekend, um, we get a heavyweight main event. Uh, we get the return of Overeem coming off of a big win over Walt Harris um, in a real emotional fight for, uh, especially for Harris at the time. Uh, but Overeem survived. Again, we talk about the, the great comebacks, you know, in the heavyweight world where you don't survive many shots. Uh, Overeem did that in his last fight and then was able to, uh, to, to outlast Walt Harris. He fights uh, Augusto Sakai, um, big heavyweight, 15-1-1. One one. Um, you know, the rest of the card is, is – there's there's some action in this card. There are some names, but uh, but we're not going to be able to break it down all this week. Uh, you know, I, I'm assuming that – you know, I don't know if you've written down any kind of picks for this card for the main fight, for the main event, but, uh, you know, I, it, for me, it's it's always Overeem. Um Gonna gonna ride and die with that until uh, until his career comes to an end. Um, you see anything in that fight that jumps out at you, or anything at all? <laughs> no, I mean it's it's hard. Like I said, I mean we were talking about it before we we uh, went live here, but um, I mean um, it is an all ESPN Plus card, so I kind of don't give a shit about it. But you know, if I have to pick one, <laughs> um, I'm gonna pick uh. I'm gonna pick. Uh, it's hard not to pick against Overeem. Overeem's always got. Overeem's always that guy that, you know, even when you want to pick against him, he'll he'll upset you. You know what I mean? Um, his experience, he still definitely got a lot of power. Um, so it's hard to pick against him. I haven't really researched the card yet. As I said, I mean, I do have to look at it because of all the places I write for. And I'll probably catch some highlights if if uh, if it pops on ESPN. Sometimes they throw the whole thing on ESPN too late at night, and I record it and watch it. But with uh, some sports, some of these stick and ball sports returning, that's not happening as much as it was when they were on their break or their whatever they were doing. So, um, yeah. Well, the interesting thing with Overeem is, I mean, uh, he had the the Rosenstruck um, loss. He was dominating. Um, basically sweeping all the cards up until four seconds left in the fight and he got KO'd. If mm-hmm. if that fight lasts four four more seconds, um we're looking at a dude who's on a uh, on a four fight win streak in the heavyweight division, uh looking for number five. Um now given he probably wouldn't have fought Walt Harris and he wouldn't be fighting Sakai if uh it had he had he not lost that fight most likely. But we're uh, in a world where the heavyweight division is kinda you know with with Cormier stepping out with I mean, John Jones versus Overeem is a fun fight too. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever mentioned that fight, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I, you start to get to the point where, especially an older dude coming down his career, really seems like it puts him like one fight away. I mean, a, a big win over any of those top three, four heavyweights. Uh, you know, although he's lost to Blades and Ngannou, um, perhaps a rematch down the line with either of those guys. Or, or I feel like, I mean, this this whole John Jones at heavyweight thing, and I, I know we talked about it when he first when he first made the, the the noise about it, but there's just something I don't for, I know he wants to test himself. Maybe he sees more money there or whatever the case may be. I feel like that's where he's going to get his true first loss at heavyweight. Oh, I do too. I think it's, a, yeah. I think it's a totally different world. And I don't, I mean, I think there's a reason why John Jones hasn't jumped to heavyweight until now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if he thought he could be the world heavyweight champion, 
you would have been the world heavyweight champion. Everybody wants to be the world heavyweight champion. The baddest man on the planet is the world heavyweight champion. Yeah. I mean, that's what they call Stipe now. And and although Jones is arguably the greatest mixed martial artist of all time, um, he's never been considered the baddest man on the planet. That's just that's just a label that has been always been the heavyweight boxing champion. Yeah, always, yeah. Been, you know. I mean, so so it's there's that. the heavyweight champion of the world is. The guy, He's, yeah. You know, you might not be pound for pound, but you're the biggest, baddest dude on the planet. Yeah. According to the records, according to the championship belt, according to, you know, the casual walker of this planet who watches combat sports, it's always the biggest, baddest dude. So, um, anyways, I, I mean, I'd love to see Overeem make one more little run here, win two or three more fights in a row, and and perhaps you know we end up with a with a chance at at some kind of uh, one final finale before he he eventually calls it quits, but. Um, that, so that's this weekend. Like you said, all the SPM plus card right now, anything can change. Uh, it could end up getting transferred to ESPN. It all depends on, uh, I imagine what, what's going on with all these other sports and the yeah. more popular basketball and baseball, whatever the hell else is going on this weekend is Labor Day weekend, a big, uh, baseball weekend. You would know better than me. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't really follow baseball. Well, I mean, historically, or, historically, I mean, I wouldn't say a big weekend, but you know, if the baseball season had started on time, um, mm. we, we would be, we all, it, we'd be looking at like the, it, this would be what the, you know, it would be, it'd begin down to the final couple weeks of the season. We'd be mm. winding down September, October. I mean, we'd be coming to the end. It would essentially be uh, where we'd be winding down and, and playing the last couple games and figuring out who's going to go to the playoffs. So um, it, it's all different right now. Um, you know, you got the NFL kicking off in, in a week and a half. So that's going to be another thing that'll especially take up a lot of ESPN uh, news and space is, is going to be the NFL. So UFC likely will continue to kind of get pushed, pushed away, which sucks because they, they, they made the move in this pandemic and, and have been there. Um, neither of us have been a fan of this ESPN plus thing, really. I mean, I'm a subscriber. I watch it. Um, it, it, it's, it's, you know, yeah, but I get your, I get your, uh, I get your protest of it. Um, you know, I, I don't have, I don't have half the stuff that I used to have as far as streaming uh, events. So it, it, again, a UFC this weekend, um, hopefully we'll be back next week, uh, potentially with a guest uh, and, and we'll be, uh, we'll maybe have the chance to also talk uh, the, the Bellator doubleheader that will, uh, will hit on September 11th. Uh, Patrick Mix, Archuleta, um, the big, the big fight of that, that weekend. Um, but until then fans can follow us at combat hour on Twitter, coast to coast combat hour on Instagram. Follow me at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbizal on Twitter, Carbizal on Instagram, old head Ed on Twitch, old head carb on Twitch. One of these weeks I'll get it right. Old head carb on Twitch. Um, and then check us out, uh, on our podcast page at all access MMA.com. Uh, thanks to Jacob for what he does over there uh, and, and uh, helping promote this website or this podcast. Um, until next week, Ed, man, have a good week and uh, enjoy your Labor Day as, uh, as best you can, brother. You too, man. We'll see you next week. Hey, guys. Ed here. East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are 
are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and in some, the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening, and if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.